Howdy, folks. It's your boy, the original Sasquatch Slim, Jeremy Rusk. Hi, folks, with an LX at the end. It's your flame and scream queen, Brandy Joe Planback. Hello. We are here to scare the hell out of you. Because this is scaring as sharing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sexy. Yeah, I don't know. We're just doing a thing, guys. It's just a bit. Don't be scared. <laughs> I mean, at least not yet. Jeremy, how are you? Good. How are you? Oh my God, so good. Just haven't seen you in so long. I know I haven't seen you in all of not like twenty four hours. <laughs> really, less than twenty four hours. I saw you in person. It's true. Uh, yeah, we went to the movies together, guys. But we'll, we sure did. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. So, Jeremy. I heard something and I'm, I didn't look into it before we started, but I imagine you're the man with all the answers always. So mm. what happened with Friday the 13th? I heard the legal issues got resolved. I didn't hear this. Oh, I did. Oh, I heard my. that we should be getting a new one because what was the issue though? What, what people were saying like, no, I have, it belongs to me. It belongs to me. More or less. My understanding is it got a little bit complicated because they were literally like picking apart components of the intellectual property like oh you know, to the point of like who owns Jason who owns the name Camp Crystal Lake wow owns, like it got to that point because what had happened from what i understand and i read like i tried to read up on some of the like the legal briefs and stuff that were coming out about it but it got really complicated real fast the original screenwriter Victor Miller i believe is his name who Correct. wrote the script of the very first Friday the 13th now, mind you, that script does not contain Jason, at least not Jason Voorhees, in the capacity that we know him. And that was part of the arguments that came up. But he wrote the original movie, uh, and we're starting to see this happen now, is these old contracts that, like, screenwriters and, like, like with Wes Craven, because the Wes Craven estate now owns Nightmare on Elm Street full out. And it, there was these provisions in the contracts that said, like, the studio that's making the movie... Uh, we own it for, you know, 30 years, 40 years, however, X number of years. And I think they did that without thinking that, like, who cares about the future? Like, I think they were like, everyone will be dead by then. Who cares? <laughs> like, <laughs> these screenwriters, these creators won't be around, so they'll never get it. But lo and behold, we're now, you know, 40 years, whatever, down the line. And the rights are reverting to the original creators per these contracts that were written. Um, and so that's what happened. He made his claim to be like, I own Friday the 13th. I want it back. And then it turned into a huge legal fight about like, yeah, you wrote that first script, but you only own that script. Like you can get that original movie back, but we did so much more mm -hmm. that you didn't create. So technically that belonged. And that's what the fight was about. Who owns what and what can you do with it? Now, and I know like, of course, getting another film made was one of the big hangups. But the other thing that I heard from many gamers was people were all about that Friday the 13th game. Yeah, like they and, said it was like amazing, and it all went to shit once all this legal stuff started to come out five years ago or whatever. Yeah, I uh, I was an early guy of that, you know, uh, player of that game. I bought it when it first came out, and it was really buggy and glitchy and not all that great to play. But it got better, uh, and it really was a blast because they had all the music. 
uh, and they had characters. I mean, you could be Tommy Jarvis, like the Tom Matthews, uh, Tommy Jarvis from part six, like, uh, and all the different Jasons from all these different, every movie they had a different Jason. So it was fun, but yeah, that game got killed because they couldn't do it anymore. Cause all of the, uh, uh, merchandise had to cease and anything based okay. on it for a minute but it looks like hopefully that'll come back NECA was making all those cool Jason figures and like they had to cease a bunch of those for a minute so oh wow yeah because that's how I heard about it was Corey Feldman had an article saying that the legal stuff had been resolved because he really wants to come back to the franchise and play Tommy Jarvis mm -hmm. so he's like maybe now it can happen that yeah, would be cool that would yeah I, I I think that's what Friday the 13th needs uh, I was literally pondering this not that long ago like what would my friday the 13th movie be like what would my idea uh and i think they need to take a cue from what david gordon green did with halloween uh mm -hmm. and like somehow create a continuation of the original story and be like you know it's now 30 years later you know 30 whatever years later jason's still out there on the loose he was never captured uh and just create a new story from there like a fresh new slasher movie from there now, uh, please don't get us wrong. This is not a Friday the 13th podcast, although we have talked about it for about three episodes <laughs> we've straight talk now. <laughs> we've talked about it a lot. But a uh, friend of the podcast, Nico, had sent me, there's this fan film that's been all the rage that mm -hmm. I sent to you. Did you watch it? I started it. I need to go back to it. It was one of those, you know, million tabs I had open, started watching it, and I was like, fuck, I forgot about that. Got to totally. Something else. And it's not great. It is called uh, Jason Rising, a Friday the 13th fan film. It's on YouTube. I downloaded it right away in case it got like pulled somehow <laughs> for mm -hmm. some reason, which I wouldn't be surprised. It's not fantastic, but there's two things about it that are really awesome. <laughs> so it's worth the watch. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, like 50 minutes long. And so I recommend it. Okay. I have to finish it then. So... We don't have any fan mail this week or any telegrams for the first time in a long time. And that's okay. I'll take it. I'll, t yeah. I'll take it when, where we can get it. Um, but if you want to write to us, we are on Instagram, scaring a sharing, or you can, you know, send us a, a message at scaring a sharing at gmail.com. Uh, you know, hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. But Jeremy, what, what have you watched in this last week? Oh my goodness. Not much of anything. It's been... It's been rough. Let me double check the old letterboxed. Well, while you're doing quick. that, I'll hop in because I oh. have a whole list. You go ahead. So movie wise, I watched Sleepaway Camp 2, which I'd never seen. And that was a ton of fun. Mm. Just silly, good times. So many boobs. I've never seen any beyond the first. I've only seen oh, the first Sleepaway Camp. Yep. Oh, my God. It's silly fun. I, I think that they filmed two and three like back to back because they came out like two years apart from each other on VHS. But it's so fun. It's so bad, but so much fun. It's like that sort of realm. Like they knew they weren't trying to be like scary. Mm -hmm. And it, it it's, it's, it's a good time. But yeah, a lot of boobs. It's not quite at that time where there were like sh men in shorty shorts. So it really is sort of one-sided in regards to the sexuality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but it's a lot of fun. I really want to watch three as well, because I know Pamela... Springsteen is also Angela in that version. Mm. And then I think, what's the gal's name who played her in the original Felicia something? Yes. Uh, it's escaping me. 
I think that she comes back in a later sequel, but I may be wrong there. But I think it might happen. I think she did. I think she came in in one of those, like, from what I remember, to me, like, the canon, if you will, of Sleepaway Camp is one, two, three. Uh, and then I forgot that they made, like, one or two, like, straight to DVD, like, real late sequels in, like, the 2000s. Like, uh-huh. But I don't... I. I've, I've never heard of anyone really being a big fan of those, like really championing yeah. those, like the original, like the one, two, three, I know all of those have a fan base, but everything later, I, I never read good reviews or anything for yeah. them. So, And then I went to see to the movies with my friend Josh and we went and saw escape room tournament of champions. Mm. Did you see the first one? No, there's so much fun. Like I would watch either of those over any of the saw films any day. Okay. Yeah. The first one, like I remember when the trailers came out, it looked pretty terrible. And I was like, totally terrible. But then I started hearing people that had seen it were like, it's actually a pretty good movie. Like it's not uh, as bad or cheesy as you think it's going to be. So totally. I mean, they're PG 13. So it's like there's nothing too graphic, but they're smart. And Mm. the characterizations I find pretty well, like they're pretty fleshed out. So you care about them a lot more than you do in a Saw movie. They're always also despicable. And I only watch the Saw movies for the cool kills. And here you watch them for like the cool escape rooms. Mm -hmm. And like, there's also traps and things like that. Okay. So they're a lot of fun. And I I just was like, it was just fun. It's just a fun movie. So I'm glad I went and saw the second one. And then I started watching... Uh, Slasher's fourth season is out on Shudder. They're releasing them one week at a time. Did you ever watch Slasher at all? Nope. Heard about it. And it was another one that was like, this should be on my radar, but I never jumped into it. It's a Canadian flick. There's lots of people from Degrassi on it. Not a mm-hmm. lot, but there's a, a handful. I recently rewatched all of Degrassi and I was like, oh, that person's from Slasher. That person's from Slasher. I like it better than American Horror Story just because it it's not as glossy shitty convoluted nonsense mm-hmm. like there's some really graphic graphic kills in it like the gore is pretty insane mm-hmm. um but it's not great i don't think I, I don't know that i've ever loved a season but it's always interesting to see what they do and this one is sort of like a combination of like ready or not and i don't know friday the 13th or something like that like it's mm-hmm. it's an interesting combo and it really won me over. Like I sort of was like, oh, I guess I'll try watching this. And then I just like ate all the first three ones up, like just gobbled them right up. Cause they were so mm-hmm. good. Loved them. Loved them. Excellent. So what about you now that you've had a chance to check your LB? Yeah. Um, one thing uh, that's kind of fun is somebody on Letterboxd finally uploaded the individual like episodes of mystery science theater 3000 like with their corresponding movie because a lot of the time like i'm watching a mystery science theater 3000 episode but i don't feel like that's totally honest to like try and rate the movie because i'm not watching the movie itself uncut so it's hard to like log those in my letterbox to i'd rather but somebody put a bunch of episodes on so i've been kind of again still binging through i'm watching uh uh just random episodes here or there like i have a bunch of the dvd box sets that I've had for years that all come with like, you know, uh, curated episodes. And I've not even like touched those discs and watched them like since buying them. So I'm like, I'm finally going to sit down and watch through everything I have here of them. So doing that, uh, but of note, I revisited, I saw this movie years ago and loved it. Uh, it's hobo with a shotgun. Hmm. Uh, which if people don't know, it started as a fake trailer that was part of the Grindhouse movie. 
uh, I guess it was it was done by independent like Canadian filmmakers uh, and it only played in the Canadian like if you remember Grindhouse, the Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino movie, where it was like two movies presented like a double feature and they had fake trailers in there made by other filmmakers uh, in Canada. Uh, that's where you would have saw the hobo with a shotgun uh, fake trailer. Uh, but then the guy got some money and turned it into a real movie a few years ago. Rewatching it, it's a little bit Mandy-esque, like before Mandy, like I was getting some Mandy vibes because in the movie version, it's Rutger. Are you familiar with it? Did you ever seen no. on this uh it's no wait real quick did you say only in canada you saw the trailer yeah it, it was part of the movie in theaters if you were in canada they the trailers were different in the grindhouse movies depending on where you were yeah depending on the country oh i did not know that yeah because i mean that was the only one that was different but uh huh. it wasn't in the american theatrical release but it was added to the canadian one because they were like canadian filmmakers that won some contest that robert rodriguez had so interesting and literally the plot is just a hobo comes to this super corrupt town that's like run by uh this crime family and he's like really upstanding he's just trying to make a buck and survive uh and he gets so pissed off with all the crime and violence he sees everywhere that he buys a shotgun at the pawn shop and just starts taking dudes out that are bad okay but the full-length movie version it's rutger hauer uh he was a great rest in power uh he was a great uh character actor if you saw him you'd probably recognize him he was in like a million things but he plays the hobo the movie goes into insane cartoonish comic book like directions like it feels like a trauma movie there's even evil like armor clad like biker bounty hunters that show up and he fights. And that's where I was like, oh, I wonder if Mandy, like, did he watch this movie and be like, I need some crazy bikers in my movie, monster <laughs> bikers in my movie. But it was fun. It's a fun watch. It, it's got uh, since it's Canadian, it's got a cameo from one of the guys from Trailer Park Boys in there and like an unexpected cameo. Uh, so hobo with a shotgun, guys, it still holds up. I saw it when it came out in like 2000 nine ten i think is like when it was released you know straight to video of course but which of the grindhouse films did you like more oh my uh for the longest time when it first came out i enjoyed planet terror the most rodriguez's that, if i were to have movie. put money down on what i would think you would have liked the most that would have been it yeah but as time has gone on like i feel like i, I haven't sat down and watched the whole thing of death proof in a while i was not that long ago at I say not that long ago. Who knows when the fuck it was? It was probably years ago. But I remember catching part of it at Nick the Knife's house actually a little while back and catching like the ending of the movie. Uh, and I was like, I really need to sit down and give this an honest rewatch because I haven't done it. Like I was enjoying what I was seeing in that moment. Uh, and I remember the first time I saw it, it just, I didn't, it didn't click with me. So I'm like, I got to go back and rewatch Death Proof. See if my opinions changed. Yeah. I mean, both of them, if you want some like badass female performances you can get it really in both of those movies oh hell yeah yeah cherry darling and planet terror she's like should be more iconic in my mind with the gun leg at the end like holy hell ah uh, so good yeah but anyway that's really about it that i've been oh, watching i watched one other thing joe you know he watches a lot more tv than i do like straight up tv like scrolling through the channels tv oh I yeah stream everything so i'm rarely on like you know comcast cable or whatever but mm. there was this special on one of the channels he scrolls past called friday the 13th the shocking truth Ooh. so he taped it for me he's like i don't know if you want this so i watched it and <laughs> 
like of the hour it probably talked about friday the 13th like 30 seconds of that hour because it was all about lake bodum oh okay. know about that murder yeah, i do as a true crime nerd yes yeah. and and it lent its name to for a long time one of my favorite it, a finnish death metal band called children of bodum oh yes the lead singer was interviewed occasionally in this oh was he yeah yep, yep. he so actually just that. he he died earlier this year in fact, oh so, yeah un unfortunately power yes indeed so it was interesting because they were like much like the movie made 20 years later, the case of Lake Bodum. And I'm yeah. like, wait a minute, this is not about Friday the 13th. But I did watch the thing in entirety because unlike Friday the 13th, I know some about Lake Bodum, but not a lot. So mm -hmm. not enough to remember because I watched the movie Lake Bodum, which came out maybe in the last, I don't know, five or so years, seven years. Mm -hmm. And it was fine. It started mm -hmm. off real promising. And then it sure. just sort of goes downhill. But yeah, so I was I was like, this is I, I would like a really good movie about Lake Bodum. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a slasher movie. Yeah, like and that's what I, I don't think there's any evidence. There were definitely no interviews saying, oh, yeah, we took the idea of Lake Bodum and turned it into Friday the 13th. Yeah, but they interviewed there were interviews with the Friday the 13th people just talking about murder mm -hmm. and stuff so it was interesting though i was i was the only shocking thing was that it had very little to do with friday the 13th and it was uh the the blake bodum case that's still unsolved right I believe. no they 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 um convicted somebody of it. oh they did they oh, did okay. and in case you know you all want to go out and look into it i'm not going to say who but check it out okay yes. i have to follow up on that because i remember what I remember of it was it was a famous unsolved case. So, um, yeah, I think it was 40 years after it happened. They finally convicted someone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? No, that's really it. I've, it's been kind of slow. I really got to take some time to watch it. I, I just today I was like, I need to sit down and binge the Candyman movies in preparation for the new one that's coming out. Like that's what I want to do with my time. So Jeremy, I know someone who had a screener like the other day I scrolled past their page and they were like getting ready to watch Candyman. And they had this like random screener of it somehow. Holy shit. And I know. And everyone was like, Oh my God, how is it? How is it? And she was like, it is messy and horrible. And I was like, no. <laughs> oh, wow. I hope I hope that's just their opinion. I hope uh, so, too. I checked the Rotten Tomatoes today. It has 90% right now based on a bunch of critic reviews. So uh, right. critics are liking it for the most part. So well, here's hoping. Yep. Oh, and I have one corrections corner. So Joe the other day was like, oh, and by the way, I've never seen Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> mm. <laughs> because the last episode we were talking about going to... um horror movies dates yeah and i mentioned joe came to freddy versus jason with me and he told me he has never seen that movie <laughs> so i think it was one of the rare instances in the first summer we were together where we came to the cinema together and saw separate films saw separate movies okay because we were always together that summer so like i guess i just thought he had i could understand mm -hmm. why he wouldn't but if he really loved me, he would have come. <laughs> no, I'm glad he didn't because it was so bad. Mm -hmm. But Joe is in Las Vegas this week, so I'm hoping to get in some horror movies, you know, because typically he and I have a lot of things to get through. Lots of Real Housewives, lots of game shows, lots of RuPaul. We have all sorts of things to watch. Mm -hmm. So without him here, hopefully I'll have some time to get through some other things. I know it sounds like me. I have to wait for my my wife to be busy at night 
you know, running off to do shows or just out of town. And then I get to binge like all these monster and horror movies. And that's when, because when she's around, you know, we have to settle on what do we both want to watch? Exactly. And then it's usually just TV shows. That's marriage. Yeah, that's really it, guys. (laughs) That's the real deal. That's what it's really like. Marry someone you like to watch similar things. Yeah, somebody that you can watch TV with. It's, (laughs) It's really helpful. And laugh together live, yes. laugh love a- actually absolutely listen to us that's the marriage advice it's true all right so this week we're doing a tiny terror because we had limited time again so we went to the movies because scary movies are popping out left right and center and we went to see the night house mm-hmm. directed by david brockner who directed the ritual which we, we both reviewed. enjoyed Yes, and I think we reviewed it last year. I don't remember when we it did. Was. I think it was towards the end of last year. That sounds about right. And it would have been. I think it was technically a scare of approval. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it was. Yep. I'm sure of it. I don't know. We are using that terminology yet, but I think I, uh, I think I not. Think, I think it qualifies. Yeah, I think it came later. I think you're right. So the tagline is: "The truth will surface." Reeling from the unexpected death of her husband, Beth is left alone in the lakeside home he built for her. Soon she begins to uncover her recently deceased husband's disturbing secrets. So I feel like we need to like not be spoilery for just a little bit and then throw out a big old spoiler warning and then get into spoilers. Cause like we have to, but like in case someone's listening and wants to see this, I'll, I want to talk just generally about some things. Okay. That's good because I have to talk about spoilers because my yes. entire feelings about this movie hinge on the spoiler. <laughs> so. All right. So first of all, loved the ritual and I liked this movie. I liked it. When mm-hmm. we got in the car, my husband said, I know, because Joe came with Jeremy and myself, and we got in the car and Joe said, I know we can't all talk about this, but all I have to say is, that movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and he compared it to a couple things, which we, I don't think we can talk, compare it to things, otherwise I feel like that's spoilery. So I'll, we can do that later on. Yeah, we'll get to that later. But just in a general overall sense, what did, what were your feelings? My feelings were... I, 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 I'm like literally going into this conversation undecided. Like I do okay. not know what I'm going to rate this at the end. Uh, so talking about okay. it, I think will help, but my overall feelings were like really compelling first two thirds. Like I was so hooked. Uh, and then some things happened towards the end of the movie, uh, that I really did not like plot wise. Like uh, that was, this was me being armchair screenwriter. And I was like, no, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, and then that really the ending was just so lackluster to me that it lost a lot of goodwill by the time. It sure. Hit. So. So this was is one of the first movies that I've known about for some time. I remember when it came out in Sundance. I remember there was a still of Rebecca Hall through the window in her house. And it looked like a studio, like an artist studio. And I knew it was by the guy who did the ritual, which I had just seen and loved. And I was like, what is this going to be all about? And when Jeremy and I went to go see Don't Breathe 2, Don't Breathe 2, the trailer was on and I had avoided the trailer and I just closed my eyes. And so I knew little bits and pieces and very, very little, which made it extremely fun. Like going into it, not having any ideas about the visualizations other than the poster, which, you know, is sort of telling and like right away in the trailer, you know, there's something to do with ghosts. That's Mm -hmm. like the one thing you sort of know. I'm really glad I've since watched the trailer and I'm really glad I didn't. 
it doesn't give it away, yeah. but it reveals way more, especially there's there's some really cool things they do with cinematography and they give some of that away in the trailer, which I'm really glad I didn't see because that I thought was a really fun little surprise. I thought mm-hmm. it was filmed very well. Like, I think it's a well shot movie. I love the use of space in the frames. Yeah. Like it reminded me of the Invisible Man in that way, mm-hmm. like the sort of use of the the frame and where people are in it and what you're looking for and is there something on the other side? I thought that was really cool. I liked. Uh, I also I really dig these movies that have really cool houses. Oh, I like I that. That I can't tell, and then I'm sitting there like, is this this is either somebody's really nice house that they found location scouting, or is it a set? Uh, right. And that's always what I'm sitting there thinking, like. Because the Invisible Man, like you said, the remake had a really cool house in it. Yes, uh, Hereditary has a really, and it wasn't Hereditary. Wasn't that a set? Isn't that where we found out? Like they built that yes. house. Yes. Yeah, but it, it looks like a really nice house. But you're like, it was actually a st- soundstage, and you're like, holy mm-hmm. shit, they did a good job making it look like a real lived-in location. So, yeah, and this has some similar themes to the ritual and dealing with like an early, like dealing with a, a close a loved one's death mm-hmm. and the grief. Yeah. And then there's some other elements that are sort of motifs between the two. And, and I thought that was really interesting. It also was a little reminiscent of hereditary, not an entirety, but I, they could, I could see them. Like if you were writing a, a thesis on grief and horror movies, yeah. you could use both of these as examples. Exactly. That was my thought walking away was um, so far. We, if we were to call this subgenre grief horror, yes. uh, we have, uh, you know, uh, Hereditary and Midsummer, and now we have The Ritual and this movie, I think would all fit into that. Yes. Write a paper. Yes. I'll do that. I'll write an essay. So the performances. I thought the performances were very good. I, I love Rebecca Hall. I liked her in The Gift. It seems like there's some other thing. Oh, The Awakening. She's in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think she's very interesting. I, I overuse mm-hmm. that word listening back to this podcast, but but she is. She's I find her intriguing to watch. She's different than a lot of like leading ladies, but she still is leading lady quality. It's just mm-hmm. she's more unique than lots of the, the gals out there, I feel. Yeah, she has a commanding presence. She does what I would call it. Yeah. Like you really want to pay attention to this character. And she's just very believable. And mm-hmm. I I wish that there were a little more peaks and valleys to her performance. I find it sort of sticks in one like sort of spot. She's kind of like at 11 most of the movie, uh, you know. Yeah. I just I mean, wanted. She's supposed some... to be going to pieces, but I can understand right. where it, it would have been nicer if you had some time pulled back to like really live, you know, really experience the craziness as it amps up. But it's not like an annoying one note performance. I wouldn't say no. it's one note. It's just sort of between a few notes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you can tell, though, that she's like done some homework or whatever. Like she's a good actress and like the work is there. She she feels real and fleshed out. I just wanted a little bit more. And maybe that's a, a thing with the writing. I'm not blaming Rebecca Hall. Yeah, that could be the director or, you know, who knows. And then there's um, Bargain Ben, Kristen Bell in it, uh, mm-hmm. Sarah Goldberg. She plays her friend Claire. Um, I really liked her a lot. I've never seen her before. We were talking about she's in Barry. Um, I'm not familiar with her, but she sometimes looks like Kristen Bell. And sometimes, who was the other person I said? Hayden Panettiere. 
And then there's this gentleman, Vondi Curtis Hall, who plays like her neighbor in the house yeah. area. And I really liked him. He could have had a little bit more to do. And I sort of thought he was going to have a little bit more to do. Yeah, me too. I thought he would have uh, uh, some some kind of arc or something. But he, I guess he does a little bit because he relays some information to her that's like yeah. very important information. And I thought... I thought that the I liked the sound design. I thought there was some cool stuff with the sound that happened. I love when there's like a reoccurring song in a movie. Like I didn't know the song that played numerous times in this film. Yeah. But I, I liked it. It got kind of got stuck in my head and I thought it seemed like something and you keep seeing these like videos of their wedding. I can't remember or decipher if it was like their wedding song, but mm -hmm. I you get the impression it might have been. Mm-hmm. And I thought there were some good scares. I definitely a lot straight of jump up scares. jumped like twice, but like some of them were like intelligent jump scares. I thought, mm -hmm. yeah, like they weren't like total bullshit ones, like a cat jumping out from the window. And this movie is also one of those movies that made me incredibly nervous the whole time because once it revealed it was going to start jump scaring us, every time th there's constant scenes of her standing near big open windows, <laughs> long lingering shots. That's framed up in a way that you're like something's going to jump in the window like there's yes. going to be something in the windows so i'm watching the windows constantly like super nervous but none of the jump scares ever did that so the movie was intelligent enough to know that it was queuing up you know teeing up the audience to be like oh my god something's going to be in the window and it's not and then something else happens so yeah yeah so i think let's now get spoilery right yeah we really have to all right so if you want to see this flick which i recommend going to see it leave now or forever hold your peace. Uh-huh, because I'm going to get into it. All right, we'll get into it. So, yeah, like I said, really, like, for me, uh, I found this movie really compelling with the whole, like, oh, okay, you know, the ghost of her dead husband is around for some reason, seemingly, but there seems to be something else going on. And the movie goes into that. Oh, I, I feel like I just need to jump ahead to the ending. When she finds out what's haunting her is... Apparently it's like, hey girl, it's me, death. I miss you and I want you back. Like that's what the fuck was going on the whole time. Like that really left me cold when it was just like, yep, I'm the nothing from that time you died in a car accident and they revived you like four minutes later as a teenager. And I've been trying to get back with you ever since. And I convinced your husband to, you know, he ended up killing himself because I drove him crazy. Like what is going on? I just, it, that just really took me out of it when that was the reveal. Aside from, when it could have been like Satan or a de anything when they're getting into this occult stuff, like demon, whatever, just as cliched as it is, that feels more honest and believable to me. Yeah. Like my husband said, when we got in the car, it's like ghost meets final destination. Yeah. <laughs> it also felt like the invisible man. Like it felt like those three movies had this baby. Yeah. Cause what I thought it was going was with the reveal that her husband was killing women that looked like her and he was doing these like clearly rituals to keep some demonic presence away. Like I straight up thought the reveal at the end would be that her husband, like he did have a secret life that he was some kind of Satanist or something like that. And he, cause it looked like they were showing you, you know, little personal items and shit that looked like he was a successful architect. Uh, I'm assuming cause he built the house. He had to have right. some kind of architectural background, but so he's a successful architect. I thought it was going to be he made a deal, like Faust. Like he made a deal with some devil or demon to be successful, but the collateral was like his wife, your loved one. That's what I'm going to come collect later. And then he didn't want to, you know, 
uh, pay his due to the devil. So he tried to get out of it. And I thought that's where we were going with it. But yeah, but then instead, it's not even like the husband did all those things for no reason. And it's just like, I'm death. I'm nothing. They just kept saying nothing. So I'm like, is it Satan? Is it a demon? Is it death itself? What? I just that was one of the things that they didn't over explain that then bothered me when I'm like, what is it then? I didn't mind that so much. I didn't like that. It still like looked like her husband. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish it was an entity. Like I liked that. It was like taking the shape of like shadows and mm-hmm. the architecture and stuff in the lobby. Uh, I was talking to Joe real briefly. And I said, for a minute, the movie had a really strong vibe for me of the movie, the entity. Yes. Uh, yes. In that moment where she's in the bathroom and it's like caressing her, the unseen thing. Uh, and then it tells her it's not her husband. And I was like, oh my God, are we going into entity territory where it's going to like, and it attacks her. And like, that's what I was thinking of the movie, the entity. Like, I hated like, that scene so much. I hated and, that scene. And, but then that doesn't have any payoff that scene either. It just, no, I didn't mind that it was like death was still coming after her. I don't believe that she wouldn't have like, I guess I would have liked to have known how the husband came to know that that's what was going on. And therefore he was trying to save her. Like if there would have been an incident that somehow she would have remembered and Mm -hmm. been like, Oh, that's when the husband sort of realized, Oh, death, the nothing, the nothing is still after you like this. Nothing is the entity Mm -hmm. that he's, tries to save her but instead like somehow he just happens to know about it and like by killing himself does he think he's just getting rid of it so now she's safe because he's gonna take it with him because it's now latched onto him i didn't mind all that it just felt i didn't like that it was still him and that it still talked through him even after his death. I wish it would have just been its own monstery thing. Yeah, that would have been cooler. And if there was something after death, like it was sort of saying, then why didn't the husband come back and save her posthumously? Yeah. I was also yeah. hoping for that. That too. Like, that's what I thought too. Like he would take control or something, but it's like, no, he's just gone. So it's like, so you fucking exist, but people don't after death. Like what is go? What is this movie saying? Like, where are we going with this? Yeah, I guess in my mind, it was like the Grim Reaper. So it's like it wasn't bad, yet it still was coming to claim her after 15 years, like Mm. 20 years or however long it had been. Yeah. Like you're saying, though, I would have probably more been okay with like a straight up like demon or something. But like once the reveal of once once the ghost started like humping on her, I was over it even before uh-huh. it revealed it wasn't him. Uh-huh. Then it just sort of all spiraled down. Like, I'm like, I don't know that they really knew what they were doing here. Cause I loved all the stuff with like her finding like these alternate dimension things. Like I thought that was so cool. Like yeah, the reverse that, was a, and- that was a cool idea. And from the trailers, what you're saying when I saw that trailer in the theater, cause I watched it and I thought that's more where the story was going. Like some sort of weird alternate dimension thing that there's the mirror house. And he, he was messing with some, somehow like another, reality or something i thought that was going to play a little more into the story um but it never quite fully fleshed out that stuff other than it's like it's dreams or visions that the thing is making her see i guess so yeah and it was so cool like that one dream where she like walked in the front door and saw herself sleeping and then her sleeping self woke up and like looked at the empty door like i thought that was so cool yeah and i wish there would have been more of that like the two realities colliding a little bit more i wish they did that more too 
Yeah, I would have it would have been more successful if it had been this sort of although it can be like head scratching, like what's going on in alternate universe sorts of things. But uh -huh. like, I'm OK with that. Less than this, like, I'm the Grim Reaper. I'm going to talk to you in this creepy. I'm the Grim Reaper now. Yeah, voice. And through her husband and then that she's going to kill herself. But her friend just has to yell, don't do it. And and she's, she's OK. Fine. Uh. So I wanted the movie to end in that moment where she is bound like the statue and like floating, levitating and the red light comes in. Like I thought that would be the end of the movie. Like it got her. It got her. And I would have been fine with late. And then it cuts to like the friend showing up and I'm like, okay, maybe this is the, like she's going to come in and find her dead body. Like, and that's just going to be like, what happened? That's the end of the movie. Like death collected her. That's where I thought it was going. But that whole cheesy thing of it trying to get her to shoot herself. And then her friend's like, don't do it. And she's like, okay, I won't. And then it's over. You're yeah. like, what was that? No payoff. That's what it was. Yeah. And just while it's an interesting, there's that word again. Mm -hmm. While it's an interesting theory that the husband is like trying to save her by having this sort of amulet statue talisman thing and having this alternate world and killing people on the other side who yeah, kind of look like his wife. Your like, husband's still a serial killer because he killed a bunch of women. Right. And like, it'd be one thing if he would have tried it once and it didn't work, but why would you keep doing it? I guess like he thought he was keeping it at bay or something, but it just... Or, or again, was it the thing, was he possessed by it and it was making him kill? Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm. it, they didn't really flesh that out. Yeah. It felt like maybe that like last portion, they're like, well, what could it be? Well, maybe if she would have died before yeah. and it's like the Grim Reaper. Yeah. I, I still, like I said, it, it's still, I still like it. I still feel it's a lot better than lots of like the regurgitated crap because it isn't, although yes, Joe compared it to like Ghost Meets Final Destination, it still felt a little original in what it was doing. Yeah. It, it wasn't completely copycatty of anything mm -hmm. and it was slick and well done, but also sort of had like an independent feel to it, even though it is like a mainstream movie in like the movie theaters. So I'm still, I'm still fond of it, okay. but I, but I, I don't think it's like, oh my God, fucking jizz all over this. Like you gotta go see it. My other major gripe is every time like the ghost, the entity, whatever turned on the stereo. Uh, and if you looked at the display, it clearly told you it was playing an FM station. Yeah. Uh, and I was like. How is it on this? So I know you're going to tell me it's supernatural, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, if it's just the radio coming on and playing an FM station, like it should have been like, come on down to Bob's mattress, like sometime <laughs> commercial or like a DJ, like now for your drive time home, here's the much request, you know, that shouldn't yes. have always the song at the same point. Just, you know, whatever. That was my gripe. It's like, don't show us. It's the FM. like, just make it a CD or something or an MP3, not the, uh, not yeah. show us it's FM 88.9 or whatever on there. So, and truly the creepiest scene was when the stereo woke her up and she gets that text and he's like, I'm here. Come down. Yes. Like, that is like, I'm getting goosebumps now. Just thinking about it. It that reminds me of that. Like super effective, super effective. It reminds me of that. Like two sentence story where like the parent, the child says like, Oh, look under the bed for monsters. And then like they look under the bed and their are kids under there and they're like, that's not me up there. Yeah. Like it's just like that super simple sort of thing that just makes the hair on my body stand up. Yeah. Like, your your just blood like, runs cold. Yeah.
Like, just yep. like, oh my God, like you just get this text from him and he's like, I'm there. I'm down here. Come down. Like, oh my God, that's so scary. Mm-hmm. And another thing though, uh, it's funny too, how uh, as your life situation changes, like you as a viewer, there are certain things that you never thought about before. And then suddenly when you see them in media, they hit you different. Uh, and for me now, I've realized now that I am a spouse, dead spouse stuff. When a movie starts with like my husband died, like, you know, dead spouse, I'm like, Oh, this makes me like really uncomfortable to have to think about and confront that because now that's part of my life. So I'm like, yeah. you never anticipate how that stuff is going to affect you once you're in the same stage of life as the characters. You know what I mean? It's true. So I was like, that was really affecting at the beginning. That's why I was like in for the ride. Uh, but like I said, then as it revealed itself, it was like, I didn't like these choices they're making. I wish, <laughs> wish there was some more mystery. Like, I kind of wish they didn't explain anything really, um, or at least left it more mysterious. Like we never knew why he was doing what he did exactly or like the nature of this being. So yeah. Yeah. I would have been down for that. That's it. So out of five creepy voodoo doll statues, totem things, totems out of five voodoo totems. How many do you give this? I am going to give it. I thought I was going to go higher, but talking about it, I'm probably never going to watch this again. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to actively seek this movie out again. So I'm going to give it a two and a half. I'm going to give it a three. So that means we got a. Split scream. So check it out and let us know where you fall. Are you a Brandy Joe or are you a Jeremy? That's right. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was almost a three. I was thinking, you know, going higher. But again, it's just the ending has he it's one of those movies every so often something happens like and usually i razz people for this kind of thing when they get too hung up and like there's this one part of the story i didn't like and i'm like yeah but what about the whole like i'm being that guy now where i'm like i just hated the ending so much it's ruined the rest of the experience for me so i get it uh, yeah that's where i'm at with it well if you saw it if you saw the night house let us know what you thought and thanks for listening uh yeah, I mean, what's coming out that you guys are excited for? Like, they're just dropping horror movies. Uh, you know, oh, we saw a trailer for Antlers, which I've been dying to watch forever. Yeah, I forgot uh, that movie existed. I remember seeing the trailer like years ago, it feels like in theaters and like, oh, cool. They're doing like for a minute. Wendigos were hot. You know, they were they all were. They were doing a ton of things where like the Wendigo myth is going to be like what we're turning into a new movie monster. So. Uh, I was kind of excited to see this thing. And then I forgot it existed and it's finally fucking coming out guys. So thank God. Hell yeah. So yeah. What are you looking forward to seeing? Um, tell us what we should see. Write us. Tell us whatever. Ask us questions. Tell us your life. Yeah. Anything. Anything. Yeah. Scaring or sharing at gmail.com. And next week we'll be back with uh, a two, a two for our yep, we're usual. Going, are going back finally to our normal format. So. Yep, although we might have a little bit of a fun thing in there. Yep. Uh, and get excited, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's still summer. It's still hot. Wear your sunscreen and hail Paymon. Uh, and, uh, you know, guys, when you're outside, make sure you get that sunscreen everywhere. Like, because my face burnt a bit when I was just <laughs> on vacation. Uh, you know, like my forehead <laughs> burnt. Uh, and so that was uncomfortable that was peeling and itchy so don't don't burn your face uh and as always long live the new flush that's right keep watching the scary movies yeah because scaring is sharing bye scaring is sharing scaring is sharing scaring is sharing scaring is sharing
This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.